we're back with another episode of Dog Football Weekly. Here are your hosts, Reed Black and Russ Hiley. Episode 30 today, Russ, how are we feeling right now? Feeling pretty good. Um, Let's just jump right into it, Russ. Obviously, some news came out last night. Another arrest of a Georgia football player this spring. Uh, rising freshman Samuel Impemba arrested going uh, speeding. So, reckless driving. Reckless Again, driving. What's new with the program? Another arrest. Russ, what are your thoughts? Initial reactions. What are you thinking? You know, I was I caught myself going a little over the speed limit the other day and I turned, looked at my dad and I said, you know what, I might as well be a Georgia football player right now, you know. I mean, <laughs> that's how it feels with all this, this speeding crap. I mean, just you ain't got to go super fast. You can go nine over. They probably won't pull you over for going nine you over. You know, I read this thing what a cop said the other day. They said, you go in nine, you're fine. If you go in ten, you're mine. That's pretty that's, good. That's what I. Well, the problem is he's going a lot. The players are going like 30, 40, 50, 50. In some cases. So obviously, this just keeps looking bad on the program. I mean, how many arrests have we had this all season? It feels like it feels like every other day there's a new player, there's a new story, there's a new issue out there, and it's just it's becoming exhausting, really. Well, you got these guys who are five-star athletes, you know, coming into the program, and they have this big head, and they got all this money from the NIL, and they're coming through, and they they think they're invincible. So they're mm-hmm. going 50 in their, you know, Hellcat that they just got from the NIL. And it's not it's not looking good for the program. I don't – but in their defense, who blames them? Because all they've been told all their lives is – you know, here's, oh, you're so great, you're this, you're that, you're going to the NFL, you're going to make millions, you're going to create generational wealth. So when you get, and now you're getting to college and they're paying you, they're paying you handsomely, they're paying you hundreds of thousands. Sometimes some of these kids are reportedly getting millions. So why wouldn't you go fast? Because if they get, I mean, he gets pulled over for reckless driving, what's he going to have to do? <laughs> no jail time? Go to jail for 13 minutes. Five minutes in prison? <laughs> And he gets out and does probably no community service, no probation, no nothing. So, I mean, it's kind of like, why would – I mean, who blames them, really? Yeah, I agree. That's uh, You can't you can't tell a kid that's been told his whole life that he's this and that to not do something that they want to do. They're going to do it regardless. So, Well, I, and I've, I've seen a lot of stuff recently like, oh – this wouldn't happen on Mark Rick's team. This wouldn't happen. Well, the problem is that Mark Rick's kids, his athletes, his players, his men, rather, they weren't getting hundreds of thousands of dollars in a brand-new vehicle when they came to Athens. They came to Athens to play football. Now, yes, some of them most likely did get paid some sort of funds or maybe one or two got a vehicle. But for the most part, I mean, they were just there to play football. And if they had a car, they had a car. If they didn't, they didn't. But really – it all revolved around football. Now it's okay. You got football, but you got this. You got that. You got to do this. You got to do that. You got to do this. And there's so much more. I mean, the coaches are just losing control, really. Yeah, it's almost in a sense that you know the money and and the cars and stuff is greater than the football right now. If to me, 
like I don't blame this on Kirby Smart because there's only so much that Kirby can control. He can go and say, hey, y'all got to calm down. Y'all got to chill out. Y'all just got to drive the speed limit. But Kirby's not getting behind the wheel with him. Kirby's not sitting in the car with him. So at the end of the day, it's on these guys, these athletes, it's on them to kind of be responsible. But, you know, they're young. They're still learning. They're going to make mistakes. Yeah. They just made the same mistake about <laughs> too many times. Too many times it feels like it's offseason. Russ, jumping to something else, another thing that just came out this week, we'll get some more stuff in a minute, but Reese Davis, host of College Game Day, released his top 25. Russ, take a guess at who the number one team is on this list. Well, we've already talked about it. You said it was Michigan. Yeah, Mich- the Michigan Wolverines at number one, not the dogs. Russ, I'm just going to let you take it from here right now. What do you think? Well, you know what I think. It's ridiculous. Michigan's not even – they might there might be a top five team, in my opinion, but they're, they're five. Yeah. They're, they're not even close to number one. I mean, you've got Georgia, Alabama, Ohio, Ohio State. Who else? Clemson, LSU. maybe. LSU. Um, I think Clemson's going to be good this year. Florida State, um, Texas. Yeah, I mean you USC. could put you could probably put them in front of them, but Michigan Michigan's a good team, but they're not even close to as good as the top one through three teams at least. You know, I think I get why he did it because they do return a lot of production, and they did have a solid team last year that made the playoff. But let's not forget. Michigan got it handed to them by probably the worst playoff team of all time in TCU, and that's no disrespect to TCU or anything, but TCU got beat 65-7 to <laughs> by Georgia. And TCU gave – really, Michigan gave them all they wanted for three quarters of the game, and Michigan kind of came back and made it a ball game towards the end. But Michigan still – Michigan's 0-2 in the playoff era. I mean, they got curb stomped by Georgia last year. I mean, that was – Embarrassing enough, and then turn around and lose to TCU with you know their great uh, edge rusher who Aiden just Hutchinson, got David Ajabo, bodied the whole know, game. There's a lot of hype around Michigan. It feels like every year, late November, oh Michigan got this defense. They got this guy. They got this guy. This year, I'm guessing it's going to be their quarterback, JJ McCarthy. They got him. They got this Blake Corm, the running <laughs> JJ back. JJ McCarthy needs to worry about his dad <laughs> and his girlfriend. <laughs> Did you see that? I saw, I saw that. I wish we had like videos. We could Yeah, that we up. had a video. That would be nice. <laughs> but, I mean, there's it's going to be, oh, you got a, J.J. McCarthy. They got this running back. They got this. They When push comes to shove, they're getting destroyed at the line of scrimmage on the edge by teams like Georgia, by teams like Alabama. I mean, to me, is, is Michigan – should they be a top ranked as a top four team at the beginning of the year? Yes, but in my opinion, they're they're like number five, number six, maybe even as far back as number eight. Because off the top of my head, I say okay, Georgia would beat them, Alabama would beat them, Ohio State should beat them, LSU would beat them. I think Clemson should beat them. I think Florida State should beat them. I think Texas should beat them. I think USC should beat them. And, yes, they're going to go and play the Big Ten schedule, and everybody's going to dog on Georgia's schedule, but they're going to go play Rutgers and Illinois and all these other schools and then play Penn State and then Michigan, and that's 
that's it. That's their schedule. And if they can win those two games, and they're glorified. If they can't, they're going to play in the Citrus Bowl. You know? Yeah. But I just find it hard for me, really, to for anybody, regardless of your feelings on Georgia, to say, yeah, they're not the best team this year. And maybe in season they prove they're not, but Georgia's got to be number one till they prove otherwise, till they really lose a ball game, in my opinion. Yeah. And it's going to be hard to lose a game on this schedule. Obviously, they go to Neyland in November, but there's nothing on that schedule that makes me go, oh, ah, ooh, ah, <laughs> ow, ooh, that's going to be tough. There's nothing on it that makes me like, oh, you know? Yeah, but then the next year, next, everything yeah, next is year they, they, they're, they're like, okay, you're welcome. Yeah. 24, you get te- at Texas, at Alabama. I mean, <sighs> it's just, it's going to be tough. Anyway, Russ, pivoting to another subject, I know you didn't read the article, but Alan Judd from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution released an article last week talking about Georgia kind of rallying. Let me look up the title of the article. Before you write quick. Georgia what? Home Alan. We apologize. Somebody's not prepared. Somebody's not prepared. should have had this ready. That's my fault. The title of the article is UGA Football Program Rallies When Players Accused of Abusing Women. And that's the title of the article. The article's kind of, it's been controversial on Twitter and on Instagram, and there's a lot of people defending Kirby, attacking Kirby. But Kirby's really getting all of the blame for this. Um, the article talks about two situations, really. Adam Anderson, who we all know played in 2021, was a consensus, Man, would be a consensus be NFL top 15, top 20 pick in the draft. Obviously, he was accused of, of rape, kicked off the team. That was the end of that. And then the other story is about a recruit, Jamal Jarrett, now a freshman at Georgia, and an incident on his official visit to Georgia when he was 16. And to me, the article, I get the article's point. I get what – He's trying to say, but I think it's unfair to attack Kirby, to go after Kirby like this. When in past instances, when we've seen something like this happen, Adam Anderson kicked off the team immediately. Let's look back to 2020, I guess it was early 2019, Jeremiah Holloman, leading receiver on your 2018 team. He has a domestic violence abuse. He has one of those issues immediately kicked off the team. And that hurt that team. You know, this isn't – people are saying, oh, Kirby's sacrificing his morals. He's sacrificing everything just to win. He's sacrificing all this. I think that's really unfair to go after him like that when in past instances he's shown that, hey, you know, he will – he'll make that sacrifice of maybe winning or losing a couple games but doing the right thing. And obviously, you know, everybody has their mixed opinions on what should happen to the freshman and, you know, that's everybody's opinion. The charges were dropped. He's now at Georgia, and I think everybody's moving on from it, but I just think it's just kind of – it's a messy situation. And it really seems like, to me, Russ, I don't know about you, but it seems like this team and Kirby Smart, this whole offseason, they've they've really got themselves in kind of 
dug a hole for themselves almost, just kind of burying themselves, you know, because there's so much talent and there's so much. I mean, if this team should win three championships in a row, and that's the truth, I think that they can, I think it's possible, and I think it should happen. But to me, it feels like there's so much outside noise. There's so much going on outside the program. There's so many extracurricular kind of non-essential things that are happening that are just going to wreck this team. Yeah, I agree. But also I think Kirby knows how to handle these things and knows he knows how to rally a team. Obviously, mm-hmm. he's very good at being a leader. Mm-hmm. And I think he's going to handle everything the right way. And and uh, this football team is going to be good coming this fall. And uh, But you also have situations that weren't handled right, in my opinion, like mm-hmm. Brandon Miller. You know, at Alabama, we talked for a while on here about that, but that was ridiculous. And he's and he's playing in the NBA now, mm-hmm. which is crazy to me because he he should be in jail. There's there's definitely a problem as far as you look at athletes or famous people, and a lot of these guys are you know and they're getting off the hook, and it's not their fault that they're getting off the hook. It's kind of just how the system's been set up. And I think it's, you know, I think Kirby will have this team ready. I think this team will win a lot of football games. But I don't know how, I mean, you look at that Alabama basketball team, Russ, they looked unbeatable yeah. all season. Win the SEC, they go into the Sweet 16. They've blown out two teams already in the tournament. And then San Diego State just hands it to them. And, I, you know, people are going to say, well, San Diego State's a good team. Sure, but also San Diego State kind of, um, Alabama had this outside noise. You know, everywhere Brandon Miller went, it was just, Brandon Miller, what's going on, Brandon Miller, Brandon Miller, Brandon Miller situation, what's new, what's this, what's that? And it's just kind of, it gets exhausting. And it's going to wear on a program. It's going to wear on a team if they keep having these issues. And I'm not saying this team's going 8-4. and four. I'm not saying they're going 7-5, and 9-3, and 10-2, and 11-1. I'm saying that they need to straighten out all these little wrinkles and all these issues that they have right now, or it is going to hurt the team, not only emotionally, but also on the win-loss record. And it's going to make this team look just make, it's going to make the season a disappointing season. I'll put it that way. Yeah. But a little flip of the script here, the Atlanta Braves, they're having a great season. They're um, eight all-stars. How about that? Huh? Eight all-stars. That's crazy to me. Uh, I went to a game the other day. The first two innings, there was five homers. Mm. All right where I was sitting, pretty much. I was in the outfield and left field. You catching? No, I almost did. It was close, dude. I'm telling you. But <laughs> just to go see that team play was unbelievable. I mean, they have, they've got a, a full lineup. Everybody can hit. Everybody hits homers. I mean, that's – that's what they're about right now is homers. <laughs> Seems like every time I look, they're hitting another home run. They have pitchers who who can go deep into games. They're not walking too many people. I mean, they're they're putting themselves in good situations and they're winning ball games. And they're the number one team in the MLB right now. And you know, I don't. I just there's nowhere that they're not good right now. It it may be kind of scary because they're peaking right now. Hopefully they'll stay up through the, you know. About what you said about peaking, I thought about 
I thought about that over the weekend. I was like, man, this team is this team is loaded. And I looked through the All Star lineup, and then I see you got Bryce Elder, a rookie. He's in the All Star game. Spencer Strider, a year two guy in the All Star game. And I was like, Russ, Max Freed, he's been out all year. I mean, you're gonna get your ace, your Cy Young candidate back. Mike Soroka, he's been kind of up and down. If he can figure it out, you have that. Kobe Allard has been brought up. He's been pitching well. You know, at the same time, it's like, oh, what if they're picking or what if they're picking, picking? But what if they're just going to play at this level? Yeah. I mean, I've, I, this could be a peak, but this could also just be a plateau, and they're just going to plateau out. And now, obviously, that's kind of unrealistic for them to – I mean, they won, what, 21 games in the month of June? Yeah. I mean, the most in franchise history. That's ridiculous. That's out of this world. And it seems like every week they're like, oh, they've won seven in a row. Oh, they've won nine in a row. Oh, they've won 11 in a row. Oh, they've won this many in a row. And, it, and it's just kind of getting ridiculous how good this team is, how good they're going to be. And I'm excited to watch them play in October. I'm excited to see the Braves hopefully back in another World Series. And I'm excited to see the Dogs gearing up for some postseason play this fall. Yeah, I'm, the Braves are just crazy right now. You've got you've got a couple guys who weren't doing so well, like Ozuna and Michael Harris. Yeah, Michael Harris, Rosario, people, guys like that who just weren't weren't hitting the ball very well. They were playing pretty good defense, I would, I guess. But you know, you got those guys um, playing really well, and you've got you've got two elite catchers on your team. Who have combined for like twenty two home runs or something? Sean Murphy's the best, the best catcher in baseball. Yeah, and then you have Darno, who you can DH or you can he, he can, can catch. throw in the lineup. Yeah, well, I mean wherever you need to go because he can hit. I mean he's good. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just it's crazy seeing a team this good. They they're comparing them to all these teams, and hopefully it doesn't go to their head and they keep playing baseball. You know, but well, I, you think about Michael Harris. And a guy like Orlando Arcia, everybody, you know, Michael Harris started the year batting in the 100s, you know, struggled. He was – wasn't he, you know, rookie of the year last year? Yeah, he was He was rookie of the year. He was rookie of the year last year, and there's a lot of hype. And, and you know, he's struggling, struggling, trying to figure everything out. And now he's putting it together. All I'm saying is Michael Harris keeps putting it together. Watch out. Because he's your, what, eight-hole hitter? No, Arcia. He's the, the nine or the – He's the last guy. He's a nine-hole hitter? Yeah, he's, yeah, he's your nine-hole. He's your last guy. Watch out. Because there's no – if he's – I mean, Arcee's playing the best baseball of his career. Austin Riley's picking it up. Matt Olson, you know, yes, he strikes out a lot. But, I mean, everything he hits is going over the fence. Ronald Acuna's now – it seems like every game he's going three for five with a home run and four stolen bases. So, I'm just saying, just watch out. You wrap it up, Russ? Yeah, that's going to be it for today's episode. We appreciate y'all listening today. Um, we've got a big interview coming up on Monday. House and Home Journal, Monday, 2 o'clock. You know, we appreciate them reaching out to us, and uh, we'll see y'all in the next episode.